Morning, team. Thank you, Christo. He's off on... Everybody's on holiday at the moment. Have you noticed? Every single person is on holiday. He's off. He's never going to fit into that, that pair of Speedos that we all bought him. Bought him a pair of Speedos last year, bless his heart. And we said, go on, put them on, put them on, just for a joke. Well, I mean, honestly, it's like a huge veranda over a toy shop. But interesting to look at at the same time. So he's off on holiday. Actually, Davis is on holiday. I'm going away, sort of, uh, on the 21st. So I'm having a, a week, and Christo will sit in for me for that week. So from the 21st for the five days, that'll be till the 26th, uh, he'll be sitting in. And so trying to explain to people how to do their sleep pattern is a nightmare. Because it's no good just saying to yourself, right, I'll just get up in the early hours of the morning and go in. Because if, unless you're, you're geared up for it, it's just physically impossible. You have to work it out. And it's years of training and self-denial that mean that you can go to bed early. So yesterday, because it was so hot, I don't know if any of you went out yesterday. If you're, if you're a night worker, you probably wouldn't have gone out. You've been sleeping for most of it. But it was boiling. I mean, absolutely baking hot. And, uh, and I, I went out for a bit and I thought, no, I don't do heat. So I came all the way back in again, put my feet up and, uh, and watched television all afternoon, which suited me fine. Drank loads of water, had a, had a mivy, had some tea and then went to bed. And I was quite happy. I slept all the way through and it was very good. But I've had to explain to Christopher, if you're only doing it for the week, he's done it before. You've got to get yourself into a pattern. So you've got to go to sleep by about seven, you know, what? I've got to keep talking. There's no, there's no, so, you know... It's going to kill him. It won't... Actually, a week's easy. I mean, he, he, he will look a bit... It's two hours as well. It's not... If you do four hours overnight, and then you do two hours... Two hours is like a, is like a holiday. It's so simple, really. You just come in. By the time you've tidied up the studio after the last person, and you put up the flop wallpaper, it's time to go home. It's as simple as that. There's no point in hanging around. You do it, and it, the nice thing is that... Oh, also, look out for the naked man... We have a naked man. Most mo- oh wait a minute, there's another one. There's another one over there. He's there. He's there. He's in the other part of his flat. Look, 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 look. <laughs> it's just it gets more entertaining by the day. Is that oh that one's dressed? Is it oh spoil sport? Because we do have one in, in his kitchen who does take his. Cl- we get people popping up. It's like it's like watching a show on television. It, it's amazing. You actually see the one in the kitchen. It makes the mornings very entertaining for us. For the listeners at home, they're all thinking perhaps we should move. You know, our life is, is quite dull. And people come and stand by the window and you're never sure if they can see in. I'm totally convinced they can't. But now I'm not, I'm not too sure because I think they can see in. I've, I've got to say, I think they're all exhibitionists. <laughs> anyway, it is nice to have your company. I trust you well. I trust you had a good day yesterday. I was out this morning, quarter past two, watering the hanging baskets and watering everything because I'd forgotten because it was so hot yesterday. I thought everything is going to dry out. And, um... I had to sort of get out there and water it this morning because I thought it's not going to survive another day. But today is the day that mince pies are on the menu. Because you know, as we were talking the other day about Christmas, and you know how much I like Christmas, that I've got this craving now for mince pies. And having discovered that Marks and Spencers have got them in, they just haven't put them out. Wait a minute, we'll just do... You have to remember your password every time here, and I do, I do forget it. And we were talking about Christmas, and I thought, right, I've already bought the Christmas crackers. I've got this lovely music box in my hall at the moment, and I'm, I, every time I, I go past it, I open it up and just turn it on to hear it playing a couple of Christmas carols. just makes me feel quite nice. So, but I thought today, because we spoke about them yesterday, uh, I thought today I'd go and get mince pies, because they do them. We think in Costco, and I think they're the whiskey ones. I think they're the ones that are made by Walkers, and we've had them before. And they're quite alcoholic, 
In fact, they're, they're seriously alcoholic, but they're, they're quite nice. Makes other mince pies seem a bit boring, and it's got lovely Scottish whiskey in there. And I thought, you cannot beat, I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says, mince pies with Scotch whiskey. Absolutely delicious, whether you put cream on or creme fraiche or custard or anything else like that. Absolutely fantastic. So, um... So I'm looking forward to doing that later on today. It'll keep me happy. Uh, plus, we've got absolutely tons of your... See you later, Christo. Have a nice holiday. Come back all tat. It'll be an all-over tan, won't it? You can just tell. He'll be coming back. There'll be acres of flesh covered with that sort of motley sort of colour. Because he doesn't actually sort of toast on the beach. It's, it's more blotchy red. Sorry? What? Beautiful brown. But, yeah, it's brown now because you're dipped. Because <laughs> we, we, we have chairs round our way dipped that colour as well. We've got... <laughs> He's got oh, a huff now. It's all I need, a huff. Anyway, he'll have a nice holiday and he'll come back all refreshed and then he'll have to go to bed early to come in for this programme in the morning. But he will love it. And it's here on Saturday as well. See, so, listen, tons of your texts and emails. A new show in town, which I must tell you about because it's written by somebody I know very well. And, and then yesterday I mentioned tin foil because I use tin foil. And I got a letter from Clive who says, my wife and I wake up to you every morning and love the show. This morning you said the word tin foil. And I thought I would let you know that all cooking foil is aluminium and has been so for some decades. See, the trouble is, I don't call it al- I know it's aluminium foil because I've read it on the box and I buy the stuff that's about three miles of it in each one. Each, each box of mine can last probably about a good six months because they, they come in two packs from Costco, and they're big. It's a big plastic box that it comes in. It's fantastic. But I still call it tin foil. You know why? Because it's a lot easier than going, oh, I think I'll get the aluminium foil out. It's a bit naff, really. It's, and I think everybody calls it tin foil. I, I quite appreciate the fact, Clive, and, and Wiffy, that, uh, that a lot of people are probably going, no, it's aluminium. I know it's aluminium, but to me, it's tin foil. It probably was never tin foil, but I just I quite like it. So there you go. Uh, and Dawn says, you were quite right yesterday when you said how I enter competitions all over the place, and I couldn't be banned. Between us here, we won two LBC competitions last year. Hubby Steve won the Olympic flag handover party concert in the Mall, and she got the Sky News 20th birthday book. Remember that one? This year, she's also won Paolo Nutini at Wilton's, Rick Wakeman at Hampton Court. Remember that one? Uh, the Pet Shop Boys at Matter at the O2. Noah and the Whale at the Fly Bar, and now Jamie Cullen and John Allen at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. All the competitions were free to enter, either by email or on the website. None of the gigs this year have had any connection with each other. All separate organisation. None have involved me having to make up a catchphrase. I've just been lucky. Because t- normally it's the competitions that appear in the newspapers, isn't it, that, uh, that say, you know... I like baked beans because... And they're just looking for a, for a slogan, I think. Something like that. We do have Steve Hargrave with us a little bit later on. He's going to be very tired because I think he was out at the Mercury's last night. So in fact, he'll be extremely tired. So you, you, halfway through, he will yawn. You won't get any sense out of him whatsoever. We will have the racing tip a little bit later on. The newsroom nag... And we'll tell you what's happening with uh, Nick Ferrari as well. All of that between now and seven. Plus, we take your texts and emails, steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850. And uh, we've also got the papers. And, of course, most of the papers are covering the fact that um, Peter Andrea, because that's his real name, it's not Andre, it's Andrea, uh, has got his divorce. The only thing we don't know is the settlement. How much money will he walk away with? I would think probably... He'll walk away with... Well, they, they've said six million, so I always think that's a conservative estimate. He'll probably walk away with about four million. 
Because it, they're, they're saying they earned 12 million together during their time together in four years. So tw- shows how much money there is around, isn't it? 12 million pounds. So that's assuming that they haven't paid any tax up until now. So if he gets half of that, you're going to be coughing up 40% in tax. So I reckon he'll probably walk away with three or four million. Either way, it's not bad. Most people listening, you walk away from your, your marriage, you'll walk away, you'll be very lucky to get a set of saucepans and a television. Not going to get much else, are you? Unless there's, unless there's tons and tons of money. Uh, she was pictured leaving the house the other day. Do you know she's got no fashion sense? Not one iota of fashion sense. I feel sorry for her, really. She's also got really bad blotchy skin. So that's why the makeup's caked on. But she's got no sense of fashion. She puts stuff on. Obviously, somebody said, I'll wear this. And look, I mean, just. It's just not. Look, I mean, look at this. Good yeah. God in heaven. Stress. It is stress. I know we all get a bit spotty, don't we? I mean, I don't, luckily. Occasionally, one might do, but we don't talk about it on this programme because we don't, we don't do spots. That's for adolescents. And uh, I rest for some people a bit of a problem. But it's the glasses she's wearing. They're just inappropriate, just not wearing the right things. Oh, and guess who was out on the, on the lash last night? Because it was the TV Quick Awards and Denise Welsh, again, I'm afraid, she, uh, she ended up scrabbling around on the pavement for a lippy. A well-refreshed night, they call it. Uh, she had just won Best Actress for playing a boozy teacher in Waterloo Road. Do you know, she spends a lot of time boozed up, does poor old Denise, and a lot of time on the floor. So they've got loads of other people there. Patsy Kensit was there. Gillian Tailforth was well-refreshed. Um, in fact, most people were a bit refreshed. Because it's an excuse for, they say, the show business people to let their hair down. It's also free booze. But to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I don't really give you threepence for these award ceremonies. It's just an excuse. They all turn up. I can remember once there was a... I won't tell you which particular organisation did it, but they what they do is they had lots of clips of all the celebrities. And I know this because a friend of mine was the producer. And depending on whether the celebrity turned up determined whether they won the award. So they would go, today you've got... And they would name three celebrities and they'd have the three clips already. Depending on who turned up, determined who won the... Pre- if you didn't turn up, they didn't even bother playing your clip. Because there's no point. If you can't be bothered to turn up for something. Mostly, these awards ceremonies are just done to publicise the magazine or a TV programme. Nobody gives a stuff about them. I mean, they really don't. It makes no difference. It's only a few people voting. It's not exactly like 10,000 people voting. It doesn't... You know, there might be sort of a few hundred people are voting for something. Because, to be honest with you, I don't know anybody who's ever seen Waterloo Road. Come on, hands up. How many of you listening have seen... There you go, three of you. Three, I can see you now. None of us round here, and she wins Best Actress. You know, which I'm sure she, she's very good, but I've never seen the programme. Never seen it. 84850, uk. D says, I'm a tinfoil girl. Can't say or spell aluminium. Go to the doctors later to get uh, sedation to get me through your week off. <laughs> She says, I've got the results of the biopsy negative. Well, actually, yesterday, we spoke to Victor Spinetti. And I know that he's probably listening at this precise moment. Lovely man. Amanda went, oh, lovely man, lovely man. We had all this yesterday. I said, listen, don't fall for it. He'll only use his, his manly charms on you, and that'll be the end of it. You know, then she'll be whisked off to Morocco or something and end up marrying another man with three camels. So, anyway, so that was that. But he had a, he, he, he's got this, this lump. And, uh, and he said he was going to the doctor last night. And I said, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Put it down to one of these things. It's age. We all get it. We all get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't got it yet, but I'm, I'm not that far behind him. But he was in yesterday. You'll hear that in a few weeks' time. Lovely man. Very, very nice man. It's, uh, everybody likes him. 
And so you hear the result of that interview. And we'll, we'll let you know on Friday the results of his biopsy as well, because he was having it last night, but it'll probably take a couple of days to, uh, to get all the results through. So good luck for that one, Victor. Uh, Alan is going to Costco later. He says, I'll look for mince pies. I haven't been for years. Are they still particular about the clientele? I don't want to mix with any chav or hooped earring types. I think you'll find there's quite a few there. Apparently, Liam says in Australia, we call it alfoil, which is a brand name, but the common name for tin foil. Alfoil. How bizarre. Somebody told me that, um, that condoms were called sellotape. Sellotape. There was an old Billy Connolly in Australia. There was, a, there, was a, there was a gag about sellotape when he went in there and he said, I'd like to buy some sellotape. And sellotape is called Jurex. Of course, he'd know, wouldn't he? It's, uh, what is the time? 17 minutes past five. News headlines. A new report says the jobs market is improving for the first time in 17 months. It comes as consumer confidence increased during August. Police are searching for the mother of a newborn baby found abandoned in bushes in High Wycombe. The Home Secretary is meeting with a cross-party group of MPs who are trying to stop the extradition of a computer hacker from Wood Green. And the Labour MP for Dagenham says his party is paralysed by defeatism and no longer empathises with its core supporters. John Crudus has attacked Labour's lack of radicalism and is warning of heavy defeat at the next election. Here he is, the man who knows all about sellotape. Imagine going in there, can't you, saying, I'd, I'd like some sellotape. And they go, right, some sellotape, mate. You go, well, how, how much do you want? You go, I don't know, about 20 or 30 feet. And they go, 20 or 30 feet? Are you serious? <laughs> anyway, here's Hugh Broom. I was starting Merton, where there are some temporary traffic lights on Merton High Street at the junction of Hayden's Road. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's uh, 19 minutes past five. Wednesday morning in London town, finally finished Jordan's marriage, quickie divorce. I just want to see the end result. I want to see the financial uh, intricacies. Apparently it happened and then she was out yesterday. So are you pleased about it? Somebody asked the old bag. Actually, somebody asked Lady Gaga if she was hermaphrodite. Um, because there was a rumour that started spreading after she appeared in an outfit and appeared to have a bulge in a place where a lady wouldn't have a bulge. And, and it's on her neck. <laughs> it could be an Adam's... No. And, that, and then somebody asked her the other day at a press conference, excuse me, are you hermaphrodite? Which is somebody who has both male and female um, organs. It's very, it's very early for this kind of thing, isn't it? But anyway, uh, they got thrown out. You'd think it was just a straightforward question. You know, somebody would say, don't be so silly. But uh, no, they had them thrown out instead. So we'll ask the question, are you hermaphrodite? There you go. Wasn't difficult, was it? Perhaps somebody else should do it. Perhaps I should get her on television and ask her. I think she's quite good, actually. I quite like her. Anyway, so Katie Price is to take on her cage fighter lover, Alex Reed, who, as far as I know, is a total dismal failure when it comes to cage fighting. As I say, still lives with mummy and daddy, because he's not very successful. She's going to take part in a girls versus boys extreme combat bout uh, during a sports and music festival. Katie will team up with, wait for this, former... Liberty X star Michelle Heaton, otherwise known as that total plank who's got no talent whatsoever. Useless piece of work, I'm afraid. And is still called ex-Liberty uh, X star. Poor soul, honestly. She was never a star in Liberty X. Absolutely blooming useless. Has to do reality shows to make a living. Bit of a dreary old bag, but it's the best thing that poor old Katie Price has got. She hasn't got anything else. It's either that or those two gay boys, one of whom does her hair and the other one who kind of builds an MDF kitchen, I suppose. Actually, I tell you what I turned on the television and saw the other day. Oh, God, I thought they were dead. I had no idea they were still living. Justin and Colin turned up on that 60-minute challenge. I, th I thought they disappeared from television completely. I had no idea. Which one's Camper? 
Very difficult to tell. Who's, who's the butch one in that relationship? I look at them on the television, and they're both mincing around like a pair of Scottish fairies, and I'm thinking, come on, goodness sake. And they're doing a 60-minute makeover. The programme is called, get this one, 60 Minutes. And Colin and Justin are saying, do you think you'll actually get it finished in 60 minutes? And I'm going, it's called 60-minute makeover. Of course they're going to finish it. They're professional. They've done it every week so far. It used to be done with somebody else, but they brought them on. And I don't actually like the, the stuff they do. They're wearing very odd clothes. Very odd clothes. It was just a bit bizarre. But the strange they, they kept saying to everyone, there was a lot of touching going on. But then they actually kept uh, sort of saying, oh, you know, do you think you'll finish it in 60 minutes? I thought, of course they will. That's, that's what the programme's about. The whole idea is that, I mean, I can't believe they're doing it in 60 minutes either. I'm told it's a bit like changing rooms. That if you go around and look afterwards, it's not, it's not properly done. When Changing Rooms was on, and I quite liked Changing Rooms, because it had Smiley Smiley Carol Smiley, had Lawrence Llewellyn, who had the wife who was about as big as a shed, and then she lost a lot of weight, and then it had Handy Andy, who turned out to be handy because he was round the corner and was a bit of a tea leaf, and then he disappeared. I don't know what he's doing now. And, um, and a couple of other people. And I quite liked the programme, but then the, you got the occasional person who went in the papers and said, listen, I've had my, uh, my sort of house made over and I hated every minute of it. Well, don't go on a programme like that. The whole idea is you go on a programme like Changing Rooms because you're too bone idle to do it yourself and you want to be on television because you've got some ego trip that you're on. And then somebody, you know, doesn't do it the way you think you're going to get it done. It was some couple who had a... It looked like quite a nice sitter and I think Lawrence did it and it looked a bit faffy, to be honest with you. And I, I didn't like it either. But then I thought, well, it's your fault for going on a television programme. Don't go on a television programme. Next time, spend the money, do it yourself, you moaning old bag. The Acer laptop is our fantastic How Low Today which is very nice, isn't it? Great laptop, brilliant for home, office. Use it, give it to the kids for Christmas, because you better start buying Christmas presents, because this year it's, it's going to come across, you know, really fast. Huge 160 gigabyte of hard drive. You know how this works. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today, please. You text LBC on your phone. Then your bid in pence. If you think, you know, it'll go for, let's say, 69 pence. Then you text LBC 69, and then you send that to treble eight two one. So LBC then 69. If you fancy 69, if, if you don't fancy, go 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 for another number 68 or something like that, and send that to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm today. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk, and you must be over sixteen. Okay, must be over sixteen. So there you go, it's the how low for today. You make up your own number, though. I've made up my number. You, you make up the one that you fancy. You know, that's how it works. 24 minutes past uh, five, Tuesday morning. I must tell you, there's a woman in the paper today, and she was a bride-to-be. She was desperate to lose weight for her wedding, as indeed is every bride-to-be. Unless you're miraculously thin, then what, what you have to do is you have to go on a diet. She shed more than three stone in 11 weeks. Now, I'm telling you now, it's too much. Too much. Because what you're supposed to lose is around about two pounds a week. That's what you're supposed... That's what medically they tell you. She lost three stone in 11 weeks. She was 17 stone, six pounds. She went on a lighter life, 530 a day calorie diet. And uh, after nearly three months, she collapsed and died at home. Now, this is the peril of losing weight very quickly. Any diet that only offers you 530 calories a day has got to be dangerous. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, I blame the diet. Now, the truth of the matter is, lots of people have probably lost weight on lighter life. 
There is, it's big money in the diet industry. It's the only industry where everybody, men and women, will go and they will spend money because everybody wants to be slim. The trouble is, two pounds a week is what you're supposed to lose. Any more than that, you're bordering on something very dangerous which can kill you. And in the case of Samantha Clough, she lost her three stone and her life. It's as simple as that. You should never, ever go. If you want to lose weight, I can tell you the cheapest way. won't cost you a penny piece, and I give it to you free. You go to the doctor and you say, I'd like a diet sheet. And the doctor will open his or her drawer, take out a diet sheet and tell you that for breakfast, porridge is very good for you, cup of tea, preferably with no, no sugar. Cut out all the things, not everything, but cut out the things which you know are bad for you. In other words, you cut out fish and chips. Very bad for you. Fried. You cut out anything like Kentucky Fried Chicken. You cut out things like pizza, kebabs, anything like that that is fried or has got fat content, you cut out. I'm not saying that you have to sort of go down and eat squirrel food. Just cut a little and often was, was the hard and fast rule that we always offered on LBC. In other words, you can eat loads of what you like, just little and take exercise. The exercise is the key to it. It doesn't matter how much exercise you take, as long as you take something, for Christ's sake. Just get out, even if you walk round the block. You know, by the end of the first week, you'll be going, oh, I could do this easy. The first time, if you don't do exercise, you'll go round the block and go, Phew. it's like when we first started walking to Richmond, two miles of a lunch, I was knackered. For the first week, the sweat would be poured, just was just walking. The end of the first week, you go, oh, this is easy, so we'll now walk back from Richmond, and then you start, you think, oh, I could really do that twice. It's not difficult. But you do not go on a 500-calorie-a-day diet if, if you're a very, very large person, because your body is not expecting it. Your body goes into shock. It's going, wait a minute, where, where's, where's the food? We had some food. It's looking for things. So you've got to be very careful. The Lighter Light diet, diet was founded 12 years ago by three women, two of whom were obese. The company has got a turnover of 18 million quid. This is how much money there is in the diet industry. And I'll tell you now, diets don't work. And the simple reason, there was a book, we did it years ago on LBC, and the simple reason that diets don't work, if diets work, there'd just be one. There are thousands of diets. We've had the hay diet, the watermelon diet, we've had the bean diet, we've had the this diet, we've had the water diet, we've had just eat yogurt, we've had just do this, cabbage, just eat fish. Just, it, there's a million diets out there. The F-Plan diet. So cool because there was a lot of all over the place. That's why. You've got to be careful. You want a diet, little and often. You can have exactly the same food, just little. Try not to fry food. You can have fried food as a bit of a treat, but not, you know, don't just start frying up chips every day because then you will get really big. And the bigger you get, the bigger the strain on your heart. And then you sort of, you think, oh, it's fine for... It's no good looking at kids, because kids have got different metabolism. You see kids walking down the road eating all this fast food crap, and they eat it because they're burning it off, because they, you know, well, no, not all of them are, but I mean, the majority of them are. You look at kids in school, there's only a few kids who are sort of the overweight variety, but you see the other kids, and they can actually run down the road. Come on, hands up, how many of you want to run down the road? Answer, you don't want to run down the road, because it's boring. It's boring. Nobody likes exercise. It's dull. So that's why walking is good for you. It doesn't matter how old you are, Walking is good for you. Even if you go to the end of the... Walk round the flat, walk round the house, go up and down stairs. You don't need to buy a stepmaster. You don't need to look at all these stupid California women on the television trying to flog you a new step. You don't need any of that. You can walk up and down on a plank in your garden. It's that simple. This is LBC 97.3.
Morning team, 28 minutes to six at Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, Lawrence says they've opened a Costco in Croydon. Yes, yeah, just off the uh, Pearly Way, as far as I remember. John says, I've won your Howlow auction three times. So how lucky am I? Uzma in Blackburn says, we call it tin foil as well. See, everybody calls it, I mean, I know it's aluminium foil, but I, I still can't resist calling it tin foil, I'm afraid. Sheila in Cockfoster says, I can't sleep, so you're my lifesaver today. It's good, isn't it? Nothing worse than when you can't sleep. It is so frustrating. Yesterday, when I, I got back, because we, we did Victor Spinetti yesterday, and he was lovely, but he, and we'd said to him on air, listen, come in early, because we know he listens. And he came in at 8.30, just as good, about, about 8 o'clock, sorry, he was in. But the day before, Alan Davis had come in, and he was absolutely charming and lovely and really nice. And he came in early as well, which, of course, makes it much easier for us, because it means that when we finish the programme at seven, um, we've, we've got an hour to sort things out, and then we could do, do the next bit of the programme, which is actually quite, quite nice. So we do like that. So tomorrow we've got Alan Wicker coming in to be pre-recorded for In Conversation, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Bit of a legend is Alan Wicker. Bit of a legend. Uh, Angela, good morning. Talking about tin foil, says, I got into a terrible trouble when I was sent out to get extra wide foil to cover a very large turkey. I got my width and length all mixed up or something, ended up with a very strange size piece of foil measurement. Sounded all right on the packet, must have got it the wrong way round. Because there's nothing worse than trying to put tin foil over a, over a bird and it just doesn't fit. Dreadful, isn't it? Mark the Bailiff, Merry Christmas to you. Actually, I got sent a Christmas card the other day, which was lovely, because I love Christmas cards. I'm going to start writing mine out this week, I think, actually. Select people at LBC get these Steve Allen Christmas cards, because I bought them a couple of years ago, and they are from Steve Allen and the show, but the glue's worn off. No, you're not getting one, Christo. No, because you're in the building, aren't you? I mean, I see you quite, quite regularly. It's a lot easier for me just to see you upstairs and give you one privately. But if I, you know, I've got them in the, in the cupboard, and the glue's worn off. I think after a year, the glue gives up. Because I like the ones where you peel the strip of paper off and it sticks it. So I have to apply my own adhesive onto these things. And it, does, it doesn't look as effective. But I, I've got some really nice... I bought some really good ones, actually, a couple of years ago. And then last year I bought a set, and I was really quite pleased with the things. Steve, diets don't work because people are lazy and impatient. Weight loss should take time. Fewer stretch marks. Well, that, that, is, that is the problem, isn't it? People, people want... You know, what, you know what we all want? We want to go to bed at night, we want to take a tablet, and we want to wake up the next morning lighter than when we went to bed with a washboard stomach. I know that my, my producer dreams of this every day. She wants to wake up with a washboard stomach. She really does. You know, and that's, and that's, and that's all you can hope for. Not necessarily her washboard stomach, in fact, anybody's really. She was a bit impressed with, you know, a roll of sellotape in, in, uh, in Australia, because that's what they call condoms over there. And in fact, I knew it was because somebody told me ages ago, and I said, how funny that a brand name would be sellotape. So when you go in and go, I'll have a roll of sellotape, they look at you and think, blimey, what do you, know, what do you think we sell over here? I think it's an old Billy, Billy Connolly uh, thing. He, he mentioned it ages ago. Ages, isn't it? There is a criteria. Is there a criteria to purchasing goods from Costco, says Jeff? Yes, you've got to be a member. Got to be a member. Will says... Uh, what you're saying is so true. Even an ex-LBC presenter says what you're saying. If diets worked, there'd be only one. And that was from Michael Van Stratton. Absolutely. He's still, he's still with us, very much so. And he used to say the same. Diets don't work. If, if they did, you'd only have one diet. Because people want to try for... Di because nobody likes to work at it. It's like nobody wants to go to the gym, do they, Will? You don't seriously want you think, I tell you what, I'll join a gym. People around here, you can spot the ones who join gyms. I'm not one of them. Some people do gym, they go, oh, I went to the gym today, and, and I did, and I'm thinking, how boring. How boring, I mean, it's dreadful. 
Steve, well worth saying, if you go for a good walk, do ten minutes, have a little rest, then a bit more. It's tr- it works every single time. Every single time. A little bit, you know, ten minutes each day. You walk ten minutes each day, and by the end of the week, you'll be so far away, nobody will care about you anyway. So, <laughs> that's how it works. Also, we love McCurry's. We're loving it. There's been an eight-year court battle with McDonald's in a business in Kuala Lumpur. And they're a curry business, quite clearly. And they call themselves McCurry. So McDonald's took them to court. They claimed using the MC infringed their trademark. But Malaysia's highest court has gone, oh, go away. That was so stupid. Nobody is seriously believing that McDonald's has branched out into curries. But people get very funny about trademarks. Over eight years, this has rumbled on. But finally... We can now say that McCurry, because they've said that their name is short for Malaysian Chicken Curry. So they're going to go ahead with it. And McDonald's are just looking very silly, I'm afraid. Which is rather a shame, isn't it, for them? 84850, uh Lots of your texts and emails coming in. Uh, one from Anne. says, my grandson and I have just started our new terms. I mean, he started school this week and I, at the other end of the age rage... Uh, age range, have been to my first choir rehearsal of the new term. In addition, my husband has bought me a lovely handmade leather sheet music case. I'm a Virgo, he's a Leo, because we've just had our birthdays. My younger son had his birthday on Monday. I'm fishing for congratulations, she says. Can't you tell? Yeah, I'm not rising to it. And I haven't been to sleep because I'm worried about our maestro's announcement. He said, we are going to sing My Heart is Indicting by Handel. I was too shy to put my hand up and asked him where dighting was. And I wondered if any of your listeners could enlighten me. Is it anywhere near Woking? Now, are you doing a Christmas show, Suzanne? I've been grinning about your early start buying stuff for the festivities because I love Christmas too. I've done the decoration and present buying already. Can't wait for the festive season. Can I send you a poster for our Christmas concert when it's been printed? We're the Surrey Heath Choral Society based in Camberley. We have an open workshop, which is free for anybody who wants to come along on Monday the 21st. Details on the website... And if you can only read part of this out, please be so kind as to ask people where Diting is. Only my heart is there, apparently. And it's just outside of London. So where is Diting? Somebody terribly well-known will know this kind of... I've got no idea. I just know that there is a, a, there's a place called... It was that old gag, wasn't it? You know, when they said on the news, they said there are thousands of jobs in jeopardy. And somebody said, why don't we all go there then? 84850, uh, Another one from, uh, from Geraldo says, I used to watch... Waterloo Road. It was a programme screened around eight on BBC One about everyday life in a secondary school. I used to enjoy it until the episodes became romance-centred. And school children, I'm afraid, became involved in liaisons and assignations both on and off-site. For me, it was a turn-off. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here, which says, uh, Australians come to Britain and ask for a roll of Durex, which is their brand name for sellotape. Says, no, 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 it was definitely done the other way around, and it was done because... Uh, Billy Connolly had been to Australia. He did the programme on Australia and it was done from there. So it was definitely not Australians coming to Britain. Phil says, what is Jordan going to fight with? Her tongue? Will she now have her makeup done between rounds? Possibly. I mean, it'll probably be filmed for her ghastly reality show. Uh, Mark says, can you let Rob know when he can be Father Christmas at Debenhams? Love it. Love it. John in Huddersfield says, proper chicken shish kebab, Steve. Health food. Grilled... Loads of salad. Only fatty thing is the pita bread. Unfortunately, you can't get a good one up here. But we have got a, a Nepali restaurant run by an ex-Gurkha. I've got no idea what Nepalese food is like. Did Victor talk about John Lennon? Yes, he did talk about John Lennon. They were very good friends, Victor Spinetti and John Lennon. In fact, he has an autobiography out, which is on 
um, Amazon. It's on Amazon. If you go in and type in Victor Spinetti, he didn't get any coverage for his book. No television programmes put him on. The man who knows probably, you know, more about that, that time of life than anybody else. And we did say that we, uh, we reckon we should start pushing his, uh, his agent, who's a very good agent, and get him on a, on a soap, do something like that. He should be doing so much more. He really should be. Uh, Steve, I've just given up smoking. I put on a stone and I can't lose it. Just got a cup of tea and we've now got the men changing the water pipes. Lovely. Just the kind of thing you need, isn't it, really? It, it, people say that. They say if you stop smoking, you put on weight. And I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that that's right. I mean, I stopped smoking. I didn't, didn't put on weight, didn't lose weight. Uh, Dateling is in Kent, says Michelle, near Maidstone. So would that be the answer? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, all the papers as well are, are full today of the Dirty Sanchez star, Matthew Pritchard, recovering well from being stabbed in the neck and chest after a row with a man in a village shop, proving, as I've said time and time again, never get involved, you know, don't wade into somebody else's little problems, because the chances are the buffoon the other end will pull something out. And a little Adam Brazier, four, was looking forward to his McCoy's salt and vinegar crisps. But when he opened the bag, all there was inside was a raw potato the size of a golf ball. Adam's mum, Lucy, had bought the crisps in a multi-pack from a branch of Lidl near their home in Bournemouth. Lucy said it was the only thing in the bag. United Biscuits, which owns McCoy's, are investigating. I don't see how it's possible to actually end up with it. You know what some people do? I'm not saying so in this case, but you know some people actually take insects and they, they put them in bags and they go, excuse me, I've just found this in here. I want lots of money in compensation. And the company, if they, if they test it, they can tell you whether that insect has been in the bag throughout the whole process or whether or not it was put in afterwards. It's amazing how many people try that on. How on earth you get a whole potato in a bag... Is, is just totally beyond me. I've got no idea how that would work. Because the machinery... It's like somebody saying, oh, I, I bought some Jaffa cakes and there was no orangey bit. Well, it's just not physically possible. The machine would have thrown it out long before. Plus, they have the machine doing it. And I know because I've watched them making them. And, and they say, oh, I, I bought a Bourbon biscuit. And there was, no, there was no Bourbon in the middle of it. There was none of that cream. Because a Bourbon biscuit is a penguin without the chocolate round the outside. I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. Made by United Biscuits. And they used to make them. Same biscuits used to come down. On one side, when Woolworths had the Winfield brand, Winfield was the, the penguin going in there. The other side, it went into the penguin wrapper. Exactly the same biscuit. They, the, the production line just split in Manchester. And they would make it for everybody else. They also made uh, all of the Marks and Spencer's cakes and stuff like that. And it was quite interesting. So when people say, oh, I, I got this Jaffa cake in it, because they used to make Jaffa cakes in... Where did they make Jaffa cakes? Liverpool, I think. Liverpool they were made. Were they made Liverpool? Or anyway, I used to watch the guys on the line, and the little biscuit would come down, and then this machine would go... and squirt the orangey bit in. And then a man would sit there, and if the orangey bit wasn't right in the middle, they would pick them all off and throw them away. Where they went to, I've got no idea. If you worked for United Biscuits, you used to get cheap bickies. And that was always quite good fun. Go in there and get broken biscuits and stuff like that. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely. Uh, Steve says the sellotape condom gag was done by Jasper Carrot. You see, I only know it from Billy Connolly. I didn't know Jasper Carrot had been to Australia. But I suppose he must have been most places. Uh, 84850, steve at Johnny says, your advice on exercise and nutrition is sensible. But sadly, too many people want it now. As for gyms, it's a way of life and not for everyone. I still go three times a week and it suits me because it's my choice of drugs. You know, because some people go there and you get... Well, once you've started working out, you get these... I think it's endomorphins. And apparently it's better than sex. 
But, as you know, as that's a long-distant memory for many of you, there's no point in trying to raise the dead. Um, and it, you go there, and you go to the gym now, and you've got to get into it, because I've seen people in the gym, and they don't sweat. And unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, if you don't go to the gym and you don't sweat, there's no point in going to the gym. A severe diet always has a rebound effect, says Johnny, and the inexperienced person is back to square one. Think two words, Oprah Winfrey. Absolutely. Think, think anybody who's ever been on a diet and people go, oh, I lost all this lovely weight, and then it went back on again. It went back on again because you were eating the food. What you have to do is educate your stomach to expect less. It's as simple as that, and it works every time. It's no good losing the weight and then going, oh, right, now I can go and eat chips again, because it'll go back on again, and you'll be as big as you were before, and then you turn out like those two poor souls on the X Factor. And you don't want to look like that, do you? Quarter to six. These are the headlines. It's reported NATO forces have freed a British journalist in Afghanistan. He's thought to have been taken by the Taliban last week. The jobs market's improving for the first time in 17 months with slight increases in permanent and temporary appointments. It comes as figures from the nationwide show consumer confidence increased during August. The Home Secretary will face calls from three senior MPs not to extradite a computer hacker from Wood Green. 43-year-old Gary McKinnon suffers from Asperger's syndrome and is wanted for trial in America on charges of hacking into the country's military networks. And Jermaine Jackson will be at Kensington Palace later to reveal further details of the line-up for an all-star tribute for his late brother, Michael. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, M1 Southbound. Traffic 3. Twelve minutes to uh, six. Forgot what day of the week it is now. Oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, that's right. I know it's Wednesday because today is Country Life Day. Now, you remember we had an issue with Country Life last week, which is where they had a list of the people who were influential in the countryside. And at the bottom of the list, it's warm, isn't it? No, it's not just me. I thought I was running a temperature or something this morning. And I don't mind it getting... Well, Nick Ferrari walked in yesterday and went, oh, it's lovely, it's cold. I said, you want to sit here like we do? I've had to start wearing a vest. And I haven't worn a vest since I was 12. Does it still fit you, then? Yes. <laughs> you sound surprised. <laughs> it's very rude sometimes, honestly, for a woman in a miniskirt. Anyway, 84850, uk. David says, Colin and Justin on 16-minute makeover. Blimey, how the mighty have fallen. There's the famous episode of How Not to Decorate with Christine Hamilton, where they totally ignored what she wanted... Uh, and liked, and gave her everything they wanted and she hated. I think they're dreadful. I think that I remember, remember years ago, and it always stuck in my mind, there were two things that stuck in my mind. One of them was Terry Wogan did a chat show on Channel 5, and he did it, and I think it was with Gabby Roslin. I think so. Whatever it was, Terry Wogan and chat shows don't go together, not when there's two people presenting. When he was doing his BBC show, that was fine, but when you're doing a double-headed show, there's an art to doing two-headed presentation and a pair that they had on there were Colin and Justin before they were well known and they were obviously somebody said oh you're, you're very funny because you're homosexual try and be a little bit more extra and they kept interrupting and you could quite see that Terry wasn't taking to them at all and they kept trying to shut them up and they rabbited on because they're a pair of Marys and they just went nye, 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 and it just went on and on and on and in the end I think they sort of shoved them to the end of the couch and, and got rid of them then we we suffered with them on television with their makeovers which I never thought were that good I really didn't think they were... I mean, you know, most of us know, how, unless you're blind, and even then you've probably got a better sense of, of design, you know what works, don't you? I mean, for example, if you've got flocked wallpaper in your sitting room, 
the chances are you're living in an Indian restaurant because you're certainly not going to be putting up flop wallpaper unless you're living in a country house. And you don't put patterned wallpaper with carpet that's patterned as well. So most people now will either have these stripped cheap wooden floors, which aren't wood at all, but it's a laminate, and they put that in, in which case you can't walk around with high heels, so that's a problem for Colin and Justin straight away. A lot of people put in planks of wood, and that's very, very expensive, then you've got to get them matching. There was the famous story that Calvin Klein has got this lovely house on Fire Island and he wanted wooden stairs. So they scoured Europe. They really scoured Europe to find stairs and he wanted them so that the grain matched on each one. So they spent something like £300,000 buying this staircase. They brought it back. They sanded it down. They put it all into the house. He walks in and he goes, it's crap. And they ripped the whole thing out again and ditched it because the grain didn't match. He wanted the grain to match all the way up. And that's how fussy some people are. So when you get somebody coming in like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen and they sort of fluff up a few few cushions, the best makeovers I ever saw were the ones that uh, the girl did from uh, Carol Watson. Was it, who was the woman who was fired from Countdown? The one who was got rid of. What's her name? Carol Vorderman. And she did a programme where people would write in and go, my auntie Lucy hasn't had a decent bathroom for years. So they would go in there and they'd get a proper, a proper kitchen company to put in a kitchen and a bathroom and it would be top of the range and it would be fantastic. In a council house, mind you. But they would put in something like a... a a £30,000 bathroom. And you'd look at it and they'd say, and this is what it looked like before, and Carol would stand there and go, and now we've done this. And they would open the door and you'd go, blimey, now that's a makeover. All the ones on changing rooms and on 60 Minute are cheap makeovers. They're not, you know, they're not top of the range because the camera doesn't show you a lot of the stuff. On, On changing rooms, the finish was really quite appalling because they did it very quickly. And all they were interested in was making a TV programme. Whereas, at least with Carol Vorderman's, and I wish they'd bring it back, because they got loads of people to sponsor it, and it worked really well. I mean, a lot of the stuff on, on change rooms was just stapled up. We saw them outside, and on, on, on 60 Minute Makeover as well. I've seen them doing, you know, headboards, and they've got a staple gun, and just go around it. All the, all the stuff made for change rooms was Andy Watsit, and it was MDF. And it, was, it looked really naff, and we got radiated covers. But the Carol Vorderman one was really, really, really... Or balsa wood... Should we do a spelling on balsa? B-A-L-S-A. There you go. <laughs> it is right. Do you want, do you want to put £1,000 on it? Go on. Do, do me £1,000. <laughs> you're now going to... Che- you're not sure now, are you? You're going to have to go and check. Right. Uh, other stories to the paper today. Other st- do you know, trying to find something is interesting. Oh, Melvin Bragg is hopping mad. I like Melvin Bragg. Uh, it's all because the way ITV acts his long-running arts programme, The South Bank Show... Yeah, we weren't happy about that either. He moaned that the channel boss, Peter Fincham, slashed the budget so deeply it left no way forward. Now, strangely enough, strangely enough, we were talking to Alan Davis the other day and he said he's just been to ITV to do something. He said there is no evidence of them cutting any costs there. And yet, strangely enough, the other thing that he pointed out to me, and, it, and it, it'll, it'll sink in, you know, you've been reading in, in the papers all the people who work for the BBC who've been asked to take a pay cut... You know, people who present all their shows. Alan Davis himself was asked to take a pay cut, but they've made an even bigger cut on the programme, on the design budget, which means that you won't see as many exterior shots, you'll see more interior. And all the celebrities have been asked to take a cut in their salaries. And I ask you now, why? Why have all these people working for the BBC been asked to take a pay cut? The BBC doesn't suffer from the recession. All their money comes from the licence fee. 
the licence fee has not gone down, it's gone up. In other words, the BBC have got even more money coming in this year than they had last year. So what's this old hocus-pocus garbage they're coming up with that they have to cut? They're, they're not in a recession. They don't need to rely on advertising. They don't need to rely on anything at all. You pay your licence fee and that funds them. You want to see how the BBC are wasting money? Drive up to Broadcasting House and have a good look at how many hundreds of millions they've spent on new studios. Totally wasted. They didn't need it at all. Look at how much money they pay their presenters. What did they say, Terry Wogan? £800,000 a year? Now, you can understand it if it was commercial radio, because then you really do stand and fall on your figures. Makes no difference if Wogan had lost figures or if he hadn't lost figures. He'd still be there, because they'd never find anybody else. I mean, I think lots of, lots of regular people will luckily move over to LBC, and how happy am I going to be? Because we welcome elderly people with open arms. We absolutely do. So the BBC, to start cutting salaries, saying we've got to cut back, is a load of old hocus-pocus, ladies and gentlemen. Because the BBC do not rely on advertising. They rely on you paying your licence fee. And millions and millions of you do every year. So they've got exactly the same income this year as they had last year, the year before, and the year before that. In fact, this year, it's gone up because the licence fee went up. So all this rubbish that they're coming up with is a load of old hooey. It's garbage. There's no recession at the BBC, let me tell you. There can't be. Go round there and see how many people are working on programmes, radio and television, and then you'll realise there's no recession at the BBC. The directors are making all their money. Everybody's making loads and loads of money. It's only the people who front their programmes that are having to pay the cost of it. There is no recession. It's a load of old baloney if they tell you otherwise. They're telling lies to you. It's as simple as that. And the reason they, they can do that is because they're a law unto themselves. They do exactly what they want to do. All this garbage they come with about, it's your BBC. If it is, let's all walk in there today, shall we? I think I'll take that studio. Get him out, I'll do the job. I can do it much better. Simple as that. And cheaper. Mind you, that's always been the motto of Steve Allen. Cheap and cheerful, I always say. As long as you're cheerful, you can be cheap. It doesn't matter, does it? As long as we've got a packet of biscuits and a cup of coffee, which is horrible, the happier we will be. Uh, Richard says, I remember the Jurex sellotape thing on a Jasper Carrot show. Oh, dear. The story goes, in Australia, sellotape is called Jurex, and so Australians coming here wanting tape were going into a shop and asking for a roll of Jurex, to which the answer was, a roll? You see, now that, that must have been... I think that must have been the Jasper Carrot thing, but I heard it uh, with Billy Connolly. Oh, the GQ Men of the Year Awards were the other night. Again, what it is, it's an awards ceremony, so people go, oh, let's go out and buy a magazine. I don't believe people are buying magazines. I believe the only time you look at magazines now is in the doctor's surgery or the dentist when you're sitting there. And you can't concentrate, can you? You're sort of reading, and all you can hear is, Woo! And you think, oh, no, it's me in a minute. And you think, oh, stay in there as long as you, as long as you like. And then the dentist opens the door and goes... With you in a moment, you go, oh, I hope not. And so you sort of pick up your copy of an old GQ. So they're Men of the Year Awards, OK? And this, what, what they do is they do it to get people in. I've told you, it's, a, it's an old trick. What, what you do is you invite a load of people and then you get photographs. And, of course, all the celebrities will go because they go, oh, this is really fantastic. So Entrepreneur has gone to Matthew Freud. Most of you will have no idea who Matthew Freud is, but he runs Freud Communications and he is very, very big in media. He is very, very big in media. S most stylish man, David Walliams. He spent a lot of time in women's clothing, because he's a lady. Comedian Michael McIntyre, chef Marcus Waring. So it's all people who they know are going to go, and then they get a picture. TV personality, wait for this one, try not to laugh. Try not to laugh, hold yourself back a bit. TV personality, OK, who would it be? Jonathan Ross, Jamie Oliver, 
Would it be Eamon Holmes? No, it wouldn't be Eamon Holmes. Uh, could it be Philip Schofield? Dale Winton? No. Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp, I ask you. The man who... T- this is personality. I'm sorry. You know, the man who, when you put him in an army uniform, just looks a little bit too camp, I'm afraid. Doesn't quite look butch enough to be out there on the field. Writer Jeff Dyer. Solo artist Dizzy Rascal. Voice of reason. Wait, wait for this one. Now you know where, where they lie. Vince Cable. Hello? <laughs> I'm obviously on the wrong side of the fence here. Uh, movie mogul Harvey Weinstein. Politician George Osborne. Sportsman Jensen Button. Band take that. It's just a way because they go, you're not working. Okay, start, okay, get all these people in. Okay, uh, can you make it, uh, Jens? Right, give it to somebody else. That's how they get the, the pictures, and that's why there's pictures in the paper today. The band is Take That. Woman of the Year is Lily Allen. Lovely. Uh, the filmmaker is Guy Ritchie. Hello? <laughs> Sorry, the filmmaker is Guy Ritchie. What hope for the British film industry, ladies and gentlemen? That's the... F- oh, we've got to take a break. The filmmaker is Guy Ritchie. I'm obviously in the... I'm, I'm doing a... I'm wandered into a wrong studio today. I thought I was in LBC. I'm quite clearly in Brown Noser Us. Myself and uh, my husband were uh, driving into town. I- morning, everybody. Seven minutes past six. It's Tuesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I'm still trying to get my head around the, the GQ Awards. Outstanding achievement, Elvis Costello. I mean, but the, the other one, Guy Ritchie, filmmaker. Woman Lily Allen, take that. Jensen Button, sportsman. But, uh, you know, personality, Ross Kemp. Perhaps he wasn't doing anything last night. <laughs> so he decided to sort of bring him in. Uh, it's warm, isn't it? Switched off. That's oh, is that why? Oh, right. Steve, the memories. United Biscuits and the Staff Shop, says Dan. My dad was customer services manager at Osterley back when they had a factory and UBN. Oh, I was, I was part of that. Then what happened? Along came Sky. The factory was flattened and moved all over the country. Most of the officers shifted to Staines. Staines is now long gone. Bring back the banded bars. I remember the shop actually very well at United Biscuits because we used to go there to get cheap biscuits. And the United Biscuits uh, studios, from which emanated a lot of radio presenters. There was no training ground in the early days for radio presenters. There was Kimberly Clark who had Kleenex, and they had a few people. I don't think anybody major came from that, but from UBN came Roger Scott, Adrian Love, Graham Dean, uh, Giles Squire. I mean, literally, I think most of the early radio presenters in the country, Dale Winton came from UBN. Well, tons of people came from there. There was a whole list of uh, Alan Mann, crikey, Mark Stevens. I'm trying to think, as I go through my mind, (laughs) more more will, will flood into it. But loads and loads of people came from there, and it was a music station. And we earned the princely sum of uh, £100 a week, which back in uh, early 70s wasn't bad. £400 a month, 84850. Steve, says Phil, that list is definitely wrong from GQ. Katie Price wasn't even listed. I know. I, was th- I don't know which, <laughs> which one you'd put her in under, I'm afraid. Um, 84850, steve.lbc.co.uk. Um, uh, another one here. It says, I podcast every day. Have been for three years. Bill says uh, they should get rid of the TV licence. We don't watch the BBC with Freeview. And, and that's why I'm, I'm amazed that they've managed to save all this money by not paying any of the uh, celebrities who front the programmes under the guise of, oh, don't worry, you know, we're, we're in a recession. But there is no recession for the BBC. All their money comes from the licence fee. Millions and millions and millions and millions. Steve, do you know today it'll be nine minutes past nine on the 9th of the 9th of the 9th? It will be. So, uh, it'll, actually, they'll better do that on, on breakfast with Nick this morning. He will be able to go. It's nine, 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 nine. 
It's good, isn't it? I don't know why people worry about this. I'm not sure if it actually means anything <laughs> at all. Uh, Steve, you've got no idea of Nepali food. Just look at a Gurkha if you want to get a fit. <laughs> I quite like the idea. I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to try everybody's food. It makes no difference to me. Uh, another one here. Clive Bull needs to lose weight. Really? Clive? God blimey, won't find anybody slimmer than Clive Bull, I'm afraid. There's a, a great Nepalese restaurant in Eversholt Street, Steve, down the side of Euston Station. Uh, I don't know, actually. I must go and try there. Uh, Steve, I may have missed you answering. I'm a driver. I may have had a passenger at the time. Text me the details of your repairers. No, just type them in on, on Google. You'll find them straight away. Straight away. Joanne says, I was enjoying the programme till you mentioned Christmas. You do this to me every year. It's typical, isn't it? It, it, is, it is typical. I do do Christmas every year, and regular listeners will know that I am a Christmas person. I can't help it. The earlier, the better. I'm not one of these who thinks you have to do it at Christmas time. I think we want to do it all year round. Uh, Felicity says, I was listening to your show this morning. This was yesterday. And was interested in the mention of Jonathan Kaner's horoscopes. Because on one of them he talked about radio presenters. And we thought that was really spooky. And she said, sorry? And a Piscean radio presenter. And I'm a Piscean radio presenter. Unbelievable. And she says, I've, I've actually been spooked out by some of the other things he's written. Actually, I like Jonathan Kaner. Out of all of them. Sorry, I'm bleeding. Uh, I thought he was the, uh, the best one. Always liked him. Oh, don't forget we've got a How Low today. We'll have the horse racing later. But I've got a new musical for you to go to. Uh, this one opens on the 23rd of October at the Gatehouse in Highgate Village, and it's called Great Pretenders, the Musical. Original music and lyrics by Neil Harrison. Now, Neil Harrison fronts the bootleg Beatles. Now, you know, we like the bootleg Beatles a lot. Uh, this musical is based on several tribute acts who assemble in a West End theatre dressing room to audition for a starring role in a big-budget tribute show, Send in the Clones. As the acts prepare for the big moment, pretenses in each of their own lives begin to surface. Marilyn Monroe, John Lennon, Elvis Presley are just three of the doppelgangers in this new musical featuring original songs by Neil of the Bootleg Beatles. So it's well worth uh, checking... I'm going to sneeze. Blimey. Might be another... <coughs> Crikey. Oh, dear. Uh, the dust in here this morning is terrible. So it's called The Great Pretenders, the musical, and it's on from the 23rd of October to the 15th of November, Tuesday to Saturday, Sundays at 4pm, upstairs at the Gatehouse, Highgate Village. Go see it, because it promises to be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, other stories in the paper today. David Cameron, the 10% axe man. He uh, says he's proposed reducing the number of MPs and slashing ministerial pay. Thank goodness. Uh, also, a free digi set-top box today. Convert your old television into a digital television. This is worrying us, isn't it? Because I've got no idea, the same as the rest of you. When they go, we're going to switch over to digital, what happens to the rest of us? Do we all just sit there and the television goes blank? The answer is probably yes. Probably yes. I don't have... No, I'm not, I'm not digital... My television's not... I mean, I don't mind buying a, a digital television. I should get one. Uh, I tell you who's out there getting fit. Tony Hadley. Less than five weeks before they take to the stage for their comeback. Tony Hadley's been out doing a bit of running. Because no matter what anybody tells you, going out on tour is absolutely exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. You ask anybody who's ever done anything and they have to go out and they have to uh, start getting themselves very, very fit. Very, very fit. Uh Incidentally, if you look out your window and you see a tit in the garden, and there's a very good possibility that you may, be very careful, it could be a meat-eating tit. Now, I didn't... See, I just thought...
they went for tits, uh, tits went, went for nuts every time. Not a bit of it. Not a bit of it. On bird tables, they like suet, cheese and coconut. There are two million breed... I mean, I have to be honest, I mean, come on. You know, there's nothing better than sort of tits and coconuts out in the garden. I mean, it just... It, it amuses the children, doesn't it, over the festive season. And th- you must do this every year. But now they're saying that they actually eat... Eat the, eat the meat off bones. I thought, oh, my goodness. I thought they were just nice, cuddly little things that ate your nuts. But no, no, no. They, they go for the meat. Classic FM Chill Out. Part of the new and exclusive Perfect... LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 6.20. Barry says, weight gain or loss, calories in, calories out. Only way to lose weight, eat less, exercise more, or both. What you need is a diet for life, not a diet for a few weeks. And if you're on television, you need a diet... All the time, because television is very, very unforgiving. Uh, Steve Hargrave will be uh, off on his holidays very, very shortly. He joins us this morning, probably absolutely exhausted after the Mercury's last night. So, um, but the typing wasn't bad for somebody who probably had about uh, five seconds sleep, you poor soul. <laughs> It'll teach you. <laughs> you, do, you do always look at the, the typing and see... Uh, it, was, every word right? no, it was all right. I mean, not bad for somebody who was probably on their last legs. I, I'm, get, I'm getting old. I can't stand it. I have to... Uh, Fall asleep on my computer as a type away at these things. It's terrible, isn't it? Isn't it the terrible? The Mercury's is a weird one, though, because you kind of spend all night waiting. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's three hours of doing nothing, waiting for this one result to come through. All of these judges just bang their heads together and come up with a winner. So it was a bit weird. Uh, speech to Bell, obviously one, as we know. But any feelings on that, Steve? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm told I, m- I might like it. Okay, yeah. She's really nice. She's yeah. from South London, so, you know. No, South, South London. South, South London. London. Yeah. South London. She's one of us. <laughs> one of us. Well, not one of you. I'm West London, mate. West, West London. I'm North. Yeah, I'm you're, north. Oh, you're North, are you? Yeah. I don't know that you're not one of us at all. North. <laughs> it's a great name, though, isn't it? Speech to Bell. Speech to Bell. Oh. I forget what her real name is. Uh, Probably Eric or something. Ah, oh, what, what is her real name? Oh. Let's find out while we listen to the song. All right. This is this is what wins you the Mercury Prize this year. Uh, the song off of the album called "Go Then By." I take it all back. I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> it's. A, I'll tell you what it is for me. It's. It's a case of somebody goes into a studio and they don't sound like that. But the time they've been multi-tracked and they've had a bit of phasing on there, that's what you end up with. I didn't have you down as a kind of rap hip-hoppy guy. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more Tinchy Strider, it has to be said. Yes, <laughs> you, know. you like his name. Because I, I like his name, and also I, I quite like the song, because I can't get away from it, because we've got Capital upstairs, and, and every morning when I walk in, I hear it, and it always makes <laughs> me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Corrine Elliott, that's her real name. Corrine Elliott. Yes. Not surprised she changed it. Although I like <laughs> the name Corrine, it's very unusual. Nice. But, uh, good for her. Twenty yeah, grand. I'm kind of glad she won because it wasn't one of the ones that we do know. Yes. Which kind of made it better, and and she she's really sweet. So yeah. it's, uh, it's Speech good. to Bell. Speech to Bell. Speech to Bell. Okay, on to uh, Bob Lind. Yeah, back back a uh, back to an old tune now. Got two old tunes actually coming up. This one's uh, guy from the '60s. Do you remember him? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, how old do you think I am? I did think you were like. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded Actually, wrong. I don't, I don't remember Bob Lynn, strangely. It sounded enough. wrong. I, I tell you for why, because he, he was folk. 
Surely in 66 you must have been, like, grooving around. Yeah, right. Let's get on with it, shall we? Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, anyway, he's playing at the <laughs> Luminaire. Where have I written that? See, here's where, here's where I've gone wrong. Yeah. I've written it down. But he's playing at the Luminaire tomorrow evening. Right. Um, and he had this song. Now, I kind of vaguely recognised this song that called Elusive Butterfly. Well, I remember oh, a song with... called Elusive Butterfly. Yeah, this is him. Yeah, but, well, I remember it, I think, by Val Dunican. Being covered, which is... Yes. Big. I mean, it's if it's the same song, you might wake up some morning to the I sound what, of it something. Must be. Do you think it's that one? <laughs> a name like Elusive Butterfly? I yeah. can't be that many songs called No, that. well, let's just find out. Let's find out. Anyway, he's been covered by lots of people, and he's kind of had a bit of a resurgence for himself, singing his own songs. Right. Luminaire tomorrow, you can hear it. Let's listen to the song, see if you recognise it. Elusive Butterfly, Bobbly. You might wake up some morning to I chase the bright elusive butterflies of love. There you go. Yeah, I do remember it. I remember it as the hit for, for Val Dunican, though. Yeah. Nice. nice. I quite like it, actually. He isn't that well-known, is he? No, he not? isn't that well-known. But if, if he wrote it, it was a bigger hit for... In fact, it was a, it was a top 20 hit for Val Dunican. Jarvis Cocker wrote a song about him that was on the last Pulp album. Oh, right. And uh, he might be down there. I'm not a fan of Jarvis Cocky now. I don't know why. Don't go there, then. I can't bear Jarvis. Ever since he's got up and embarrassed Michael Jackson, you know, I thought to myself, you stupid man, go away. He's Hated him. Funny. Hated him. Unattractive, funny. desperately uninteresting, and boring. Oh, I like him. I don't mind. Apparently the producer likes him as well, but she likes odd people. She's got very strange <laughs> choice. She, really, she likes Rumpelstiltskin as well. But anyway, uh, finally on to the Feelies. Uh, another old band, but uh, the Feelies were around the sort of tail end of the <laughs> 70s, the beginning of the 80s, really, when they had their, their sort of the main album that came out called Crazy Rhythms. It became a bit of a cult album. Next week, they've reissued both their first two albums, Crazy Rhythms and The Good Earth. They're both available on Monday in big fancy packaging, as they do when they reissue. Um, but quite a good album. I quite, I quite like Crazy Rhythms. Uh, we'll have a listen to it. The, the title track, The Feelies and Crazy Rhythms. That's quite good. That's quite good. I, I could get away with that. Quite good. Quite a good album. <laughs> um, I don't know what, I just have announced this London dates for the year, but they've reformed and they've played uh, some uh, America dates recently, but yeah. no sign of coming over here just yet, but we we'll to OK, listen, I'll leave it there. Uh, mm. I will wish you a pleasant holiday. Thank you very much, sir. Have a lovely time. I will also mention that the Bee Gees, uh, Robin and Barry, have announced they will play. No dates as yet, but you'll hear them first with no Steve dates. Hargrave. Yeah, and we don't know whether they call themselves the Bee Gees or not. Yeah. But, uh, we'll All right. See. Listen, have a great time. We'll talk to you very soon. I will do. Excuse me. Be good. Bye. That's Steve Hargrave. So the Bee Gees, they will play together. No dates as yet. London's biggest conversation. LB... Oh, joy, oh, bliss. Yesterday, Schofield pulled it off. Probably right. not for the first time. Yes, <laughs> you pulled it off yesterday with Did Sarah's I? gift. Two to one. Yeah. Profit, four pounds. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Total loss now, 60 pounds, 58. <laughs> I'll do a list of the forfeits later. It might how, encourage how, you to come up with How can my more. total loss be seen? I think we should reset no, it. No, we're no, 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 we're not playing that but game. I'm not, I'm not taking responsibility for, for Phil Blacker's failures. Well, no, I, 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 we can't. Well, no. No, because you have to wait till the end of the financial year. <laughs> So, and at the moment, it's <laughs> £60.58. There are three things on your forfeit list for Christmas, if you're, if you're not in the black by, by Christmas, as they doesn't say. doesn't quite seem fair. Well, I know it doesn't seem fair, but then that's life, as they say. Uh, because Day of the Eagle for Alex, his was fifth out of ten. Oh, he lost £2. Dear. Yeah, but he's only got £17.62 in, in the red. 
<sighs> he's off to Epsom today. Things will change, don't well, they? they? They will change. He's, he's hoping to see you dancing a jig very shortly. <laughs> uh, the three three twenty at Epsom for Alex's choice, which is Fun Day. Fun Day, fun win day. only. And the, the newsroom now? Uh, well, of course, we have m- meetings today at Epsom, also Kempton and Utoxeter. It's also the start of the St. Ledger meeting at Doncaster. Well, I'm going for Epsom. Uh, the five o'clock at Epsom, the newsroom nag this morning. Hi, Shinko. Hi, Shinko. We can only keep our fingers crossed and say that if anything uh, yesterday was anything to go by, then tomorrow should be absolutely fantastic. And I can knock one of the forfeits off the Christmas list, which you'll be pleased. I am very pleased. It was the one that involved standing on the chair. Oh, I was looking forward to that one. Yeah, well, that that, that was one of my most popular ones, actually. Mm. Many people have fallen by the wayside on that. So we'll see tomorrow, shall we? Yeah. Look forward to it. Mm. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. How exciting. A winner. Very, very pleased about that. Well done, Matt. So that was very good indeed. So a winner, yes. Not a huge winner, but as I've always said, a winner nevertheless. Uh, Dan says, my mum loves elusive butterfly and Bob Lind, and she wants it played at her funeral. Not just yet, I hope. Not just yet. Also, I must uh, mourn the passing of Val Marshall. You, many of you will not know who Val Marshall is, but to a certain certain group of people, they'll know exactly who she is, because uh, she was a traditional mum. She started a Jewish girl guide pack, and uh, and then she used to put on... Uh, dances for lots of Jewish young people, and she had all sorts of, of people coming at the time. She had Donovan and all sorts of people. Uh, then she set up a small Jewish youth club. The president was the late Frankie Vaughan, many of you will uh, know, and the vice president, the late Brian Epstein. Both of these people visited the club, I and mean, there was a who's who, literally. Other famous visitors, Cliff Richard, David Frost, the late Alan Freeman, Jimmy Savile, Cat Stevens, Ray Davis of the Kinks, late Harry H. Corbett and Simon D. And uh, Val passed uh, just the other day, 31st of August, aged 80, but left a great legacy. So to all those and to family and friends, we're with you. Uh, don't forget our Acer laptop. Oh, before I mention that, actually, Steve Barnes sent me a, an email yesterday. He operates Fab Cabs of Liverpool. And Fab Cabs are the Beatles taxi tours and the Hard Day Night Tour Hotel, the Beatles shop. He says, next time you're up our neck of the woods... We'll take you on a tour of the Beatles Liverpool, visiting places such as Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, the Cavern Club. They've moved it, though, haven't they? The Cavern Club is now over the road from where it was before. The original Cavern Club got got sort of pulled down. Wouldn't it be great if it was still there? Can you imagine if it was... Oh, God, wouldn't it be fantastic? But they've done a faithful recreation. Of course, today is the day that all the Beatles stuff goes online. I see it, of course, as a shameless way of making even more money, because I love the Beatles. Although, strange enough, I've spoken to a few people who cannot stand them. Michael Trabulsi, remember, he's a fan of the Cranberries, whoever they are. Uh, and he was saying this morning, to anybody who'd listened, so nobody with fingers in our ears going, la, 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 la. And he said, I couldn't stand the Beatles. You see, the trouble is, I think you have to be of the generation to appreciate exactly what, what the Beatles were and just how good the songs were. Because all the songs were about where they lived, and that's why I thought they were fantastic. And I've got all the Beatles stuff. Everything. All downloaded. Bought the albums, downloaded them to my iPod and listened to them all the time because they're just so good. Even when you hear them on the radio, I still love listening to them again. It's like, you know, you turn on the television, E.T. on there, you think, I've seen it a million times and I've got it on DVD, but I'll watch it again on the television. For some, and then you think, I can't go to the toilet because I might miss a bit. And you think, I've got it on DVD. Just, you know, stop and go to the toilet. So, Steve Barnes, good luck. With your tour. So, Fab Cabs of Liverpool. What a lovely title. What a lovely title. Uh, Sam says, are you a Darren Brown fan? Yes, because Darren Brown is going to predict the lottery numbers. Has he done the lottery numbers or or is... Tonight, he's, he's going to predict the lottery numbers. And he's got another one of his audience participation acts called The Events. 
I, th- I always think that every generation throws up another magician. At one time it was Paul Daniels, then it moves on, you know, before that it was David Nixon, and we get all sorts of people. I used to like, oh, I can't remember which it was now, The Secret Cabaret, with Simon, what's his name, it's now gone completely, which was on Channel 4, and I used to love that one as well, which is out on DVD. So, uh, Darren Brown as well. Again, very clever. Listen, if it fools people, I'm all in favour of it. And that's why we said the other day the Magic Circle's got a new president in Jack Delvin. We were very happy with that. Very, very happy. So well done to, uh, to Jack and everybody who voted for him. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, I've been a silent listener. Um, uh, and, uh, wait a minute, I've been a silent listener to you for a little while in a sleepy, smiling days, but had to text you this morning. Excellent show, but I have a question. Does your brain and mouth naturally run at this, or just for the radio? No, no, it naturally runs like this, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Some people, you know, are sort of like a bit motor-mouthy, a bit motor-mouthy, yeah, coming at you, doing all these... I'm not like that. I'm just... I'm like this most of the time, actually. I don't think... I don't think there's anything, uh, I don't think it's particularly different about it. I mean, there are certain radio presenters who, like, put on an act for the radio, and frankly, you know, people see through those very quickly, and then they carry it on off the radio. All right, yeah, ooh, yeah coming at you, yeah, ooh, yeah. And you think, oh, goodness, so, you know, you know I, I don't sort of climb on a bus and go, hey, look at that, it's a bus, whoa, you look cool, don't you? Do you know Jordan? You know, I don't do that kind of thing. I can't stand the Beatles. The Monkeys were much, much better. Um, I think their American counterpart, the Monkeys, they weren't American. The Monkeys were British, I'm afraid. There was, only, there was only one American in there, and that was Peter Talk, who we had on In Conversation, but Mickey Dolenz. Oh, no, wait a minute, actually, there might have been a few. But they were assembled, and they never sang on the first first records, did they? It was all session musicians. They were a bit like the Bay City Rollers. On their first record, Keep On Dancing, people went, oh, that was great, but it wasn't them singing. It was session musicians. They used them a lot. Uh, first Class, who had the hit Beach Baby years ago, were session musicians. It was the same lead singer on there who sung on loads of other singles. And we'll talk about him tomorrow, I think. Uh, Steve, I could have sworn that that song was Bobby Goldsborough. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Bobby Goldsborough had Summer the First Time, which I quite liked, actually. That was a good one. It was a hot afternoon, last day of June. Uh, Brian in Hampton's Hill said, I was reading this book yesterday, The History of Glue. I couldn't put it down. It's an old Tommy Cooper gag. An old Tommy Cooper gag. Eight for eight five zero. Did I hear you say that you try any type of food? Shouldn't that have been any food except fish and only if served with slow-cooked Brussels? What is it with this slow-cooked Brussels? I love my Brussels. I have eaten fish. Don't don't get me wrong. I have eaten fish. Uh, it's just I'm not wild about it. I can eat fish fingers and I can eat scampi, but I'm not uh, not keen on, on anything else, I'm afraid. Um, from Mike. How many of those broadcasts for UB Radio ended up with carpet in their bathroom? That, that broadcast. Most people, actually. It was, it was for the, the terminally rich, I think. Uh, Alex Madavi your ex-lesbianese producer, was on Petri's show last night, says Noreen, talking about Paris. Was he? Can't keep him off the radio. Was he pretending to be somebody... He's always on the radio, isn't he? I think secretly he wants to be on the radio, but the trouble is, because he's got, uh, you know, an American accent, it kind of sounds like he's wandered in off a boat somewhere, really. What was he talking about Paris for? What's that? Oh, d- d- does, does he used to live in Paris? Oh, he used to live everywhere. I think the family had to move around quite a bit, actually. And uh, she says, used to wind him up a lot. Something chronic. Lovely. We have Amanda now. Well, she's not blessed with height. I can't... I mean, I, I seem to either get them. They're either lesbianese from abroad or something like that, or they're sort of... They're not blessed with height. 
There's not a lot I can do about it, I'm afraid. And, of course, we've already told her off about the skirts. I don't have any of that going on, I'm afraid, on this programme. Coming in wearing short skirts and sort of casually dropping something on the floor. So, oh, look, I'll have to pick this up. I've had that with people before. Uh, As a promoter of all things local, says Bob, could you possibly mention our forthcoming play at the Brentwood Theatre? Brentwood in Essex. 17th, 18th and 19th of September. It's called Behind the Scenes at the Museum by Kate Atkinson. Adapted by Bryony Lavery. It's being put on by the College Player. He says, looking forward to seeing you again at Hornchurch. So that's down in Brent. If you live in Brentwood, you'll know all about it. Go and support the Brentwood Theatre. We encourage everybody to support Brentwood Theatre. Oh, do you remember, I found a lot of people asking me uh, the shower that changed colour. And I've just found it in the IWantOneOfThose.com. It's in their latest little catalogue that's come out. Including, of course, the, uh, the umbrellas that light up. I do love the colour phasing shower. Uh, the Twilight Umbrellas and the Laser Cosmos. This is the thing I told you about ages ago. It's £129. And you get misty blue and lots of little bright green little laser point star things on the wall, which I quite like, actually. And I've always wanted to have a huge thing that I could project them on. But it's got the Twilight Umbrellas, which come in different colours. And you know we like the Twilight Umbrellas. We were the first person to introduce you to them. And I promise you it's a talking point, because very shortly it's going to be pitch black. Very shortly, and we're going to be going, oh, it's winter, and you're all going to be going, yuck, and I'm going to be going, hooray, because we love winter, because it means that we can probably have another how low. Today, it's an Acer laptop, brilliant laptop, 160 gigabytes of hard drive, lowest unique bid will win, lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today, text LBC followed by your bid in pence. So if you want to go for, say, 70, you go LBC 70, and then send that to treble eight. Two one so LBC then your bid in pence and send it to treble eight two one the bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate lines close at six pm today must be over sixteen lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions and thank you to Martin and to Ray Embarking Side it was Simon Drake's secret cabaret really really good magician really good I loved one of his tricks he finished up with what's known as a cremation and normally they would then restore the person and this one he didn't he just put the person in they set fire to the box then the side fell down and there was a skeleton then they were, they finished the program and everybody phoned out and went Excuse, is that person all right is that person all right we went it was only Simon Drake but I think the DVD is out now well worth getting quarter to seven <laughs> News headlines Matthew Schofield a British journalist who was seized by the Taliban and held hostage it's 11 minutes to 7, Tuesday morning, LBC 97.3. Uh, top names. Boys and girls. OK, at number 10, if your name's not in here, you might as well just give up and go home now. I don't know why they bother telling people this. William. Number 9, James. Th- these are the names registered, OK? These are names registered. Number 8, Daniel. 7, Charlie. 6, Alfie. 5, Joshua. Four, it always reminds me of a song. Four, Harry. Three, Thomas. Two, Oliver. And number one, Jack. It's the most popular name. For the girls, Evie is at number ten. Amelia, nine. Eight is Lily. Seven is Sophie. Six is Chloe. Uh, five is Jessica. Little Jessica. Uh, number four is Grace. Number three is Emily. Two is Ruby. And number one is Olivia. There you go. These are the most popular names, which is fantastic. Anthony says Bob Lind got to number five. 10th of March, 66. Val Dunican also got to number five the following week with Elusive Butterfly. And Julietta is very pleased to say that she's listening loud and clear in Boness on Windermere via my trusty Sony Vio laptop and courtesy of the free Wi-Fi at the Boundary Boutique B&B. 
I shall be in trouble for this when I get back to work. But please wish Miriam and Orpington a great birthday today, 9th of the 9th of the 9th. She's taken the day off to play golf. We'll all be in trouble now, won't we? I tell you, I've, I've given up celebrating birthdays. And, uh, Gordon, it's our wedding anniversary on Saturday, so we're jetting away from Costa Tooting for a few days. Please tell Sandra I love her very much, and we look forward to catching up with you when we return. Arrivederci. There's no, there's no end to the, or beginning, actually, I'm afraid, to the languages which Gordon and Sandra are operating at the moment in Tooting. In fact, I seriously believe that they're operating the language centre down there. Listen, have a lovely wedding anniversary. Don't forget to come back soon. Tell your friends. In fact, uh, come the end of the year, we want you to tell all your friends about LBC, because we, we take everybody in. You know, we don't have sort of presenters who are fired from, from shows and then move back onto them again to try and take over somebody else's audience. Oh, no, 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 no. Not here. No, we welcome you all in with open arms. So if you were thinking of deserting another radio station, which, of course, you will be by the end of the year, then pop over to LBC. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Sensible conversation, nice people, you know, as opposed to this bang, bang, bang kind of stuff. We're just nice. We can't help it. We're just nice. Apparently, it's Migraine Awareness Week. And the City of London Migraine Clinic will be in Liverpool Street Station from 8 until 10, providing information. They're going to be at Farringdon Station Friday. So Simon says that. So Migraine Awareness Week. I know it affects a lot of people. So they're at Liverpool Street Station from 8 this morning until 10 and Farringdon tomorrow. Probably about the, uh, the same time, I should imagine. Dominic, thank you. Yes, you're quite right. How absolutely outrageous, says Angela. Presenters putting on an act. How dare people even suggest that? Uh, Steve, secret cabaret was Simon Drake, who now runs the House of Magic near Stockwell and Oval. I know. I've not been, but I know what it is. And uh, I know, because I celebrated my 40th birthday there, as I love magic. And uh, and Adam says, come to the House of Magic, Simon's monthly magic show in London with Pat Page. If you want guest listing, email me. (laughs) get all sorts of offers here. What it is, it's a house. And you go in and they, they do dinner and then you get a show and it's, you can wander through the house and they've got a garden as well with mist and very quite spooky. But people love that kind of... I love that sort of magic. I just love magic, full stop, actually. Uh, Steve, I'm 54 and can't stand the Beatles. You see? Um, the monkeys were American, not English. Well, I'm afraid I think you find Davy Jones was English. And in fact, most of their success was on British television, not on American and I think Mickey Dolan spent most of his career over here, as opposed to being on Circus Boy. And I think you'll find that Peter Talk, who's still going... They still tour the monkeys in America. They, they do colleges. They don't sound bad, actually. Makes you realise that Mickey Dolenz was the voice behind it. Mickey Dolenz was the best one. And, of course, uh, the other one who wore the woolen hat, his mum invented um, Tipex or something like that. His, his auntie invented it. So whatever it was, he didn't need to tour again. Mike, um, Mike Nesmith... His auntie, I think, developed something for Silicon Valley, and I'm pretty certain it was either Tipex or something like... Whatever it was, it made him very, very rich, and he didn't feel the need to to do it ever again. So there you go. Uh, Oh, uh, they have to change the name of a pudding, I'm afraid. No more would you be able to ask for Spotted Dick, because apparently it causes sniggering everywhere. No idea why. (laughs) Said in hushed tones, you know. (laughs) Apparently the smirking has got to stop. Apparently, uh, it's going to be called Spotted Richard. Doesn't quite sound the same, does it? Why don't you just call it sort of Sultana Pudding or something? Anyway, the uh, latest attempt to censor the classic Victorian suet and raisin pudding has angered traditionists who have fought several battles over the years. They like talking about Spotted Dick. They're not, you know, they don't want to be called Spotted Richard. And uh, so, you know, who was he? Does anybody know who Dick was? I mean, it turns out that there is no Richard. There is no anybody. It's actually... 
uh, it's just the way it was called. They, nobody ever thought about it. They, they say it could be spotted dog, because it looked a bit like a Dalmatian, and over the years it, it got turned around. I mean, ignoring any Victorian prudishness. You could call it plum bolster or spotted dick, although people don't mention custard, and I love custard. But it's only, isn't it funny how we get these things? People go, can I have some spotted dick? <laughs> You know, and you think, just, goodness sake, honestly, we've not grown up out of that. No, thank goodness. Um, there's a, a woman in court today. This is about uh, staging dogfights. I don't know if people still stage dogfights, but apparently some people do. And they're trying to revive cricket in state schools. They say it's improved children's self-discipline whilst reducing antisocial behaviour. And there's a lovely picture. It's in most of the papers today uh, of a man oblivious to the traffic. Uh, he was in Winner's Triangle near Reading. And he was fast asleep. He was a workman. Fast asleep. Obviously couldn't be bothered to actually get up and do it. Now, I'm hoping the company that employ him uh, will be firing him. Because we get this too often. By the, by the side of a busy road, I mean, shh, as you're driving past. Don't want to wake him up, do you? Don't want to wake him up. But, I mean, why don't they just get rid of these people? It's so much easier. Somebody goes on to a job. They used to have a thing on the underground. Do you remember? People went on shift. And then all of a sudden, they were found all sleeping. It used to happen in Fleet Street. People would go in and they were called machine minders. And they would just have to sit there. But most of them either were too, too drunk or anything else. And they used to sit there and they'd go to sleep. Or they'd go and drink in the workers round the corner and then stagger back past LBC. Lady Gaga told last night, or it could be Mr Gaga, we're not sure. You have to listen to the programme from earlier on. Told how her dad Joseph cured her of cocaine addiction. Apparently she's another one who went through the uh, the drugs. Oh, it's rife, isn't it, in the business? I must have been on another planet. I was the only one who never went through drugs. All oh, right, I did Halliborange. OK, I did Halliborange and Paracetamol. Well, that's about as far as it went. Lotto magic or just a, a load of balls? Because Darren Brown will try to magic up millions by predicting the lottery numbers live on television tonight. Camelot have insisted, and I reaffirm it, he cannot influence the draw. It's an illusion. So uh, he said he'll reveal how he did it on a second programme on Friday and he's going to reveal the winning numbers moments before they're announced on the rival channel. Now, of course, lots of magicians listening will be going, oh, no, he's going to do that one. But we'll have to wait and see. The most common lottery numbers are, and one of them will appear tonight. I'm telling you this. I can, I can tell you this because I'm psychic, Steve. 9, 11, 23, 25, 31 and 38. OK. That's No, that's not my prediction. They are the most common lottery numbers. They're the numbers that come up the most often. OK, 9, 11, 23, 25, 31, 38. I can tell you as well that there's always two numbers that run together, like there'll be 22, 23, 31, 32. There'll always be a set of numbers that come out. Don't ask me how it works, but they just do. The unluckiest number, these are numbers that hardly ever come up. 13, unlucky for some. 16, 20, 21, 36 and 41. OK. So the odds of guessing three of the six numbers, one in 57, you get £10. And uh, the number of times that Darren Brown has hit the jackpot before, zero. OK, zero. But I reckon one of the numbers tonight will be, if not two of them, out of 9, 11, 23, 25, 31 and 38. The odds of winning, one in 14 million. One in 14 million. So good luck if you're going to play along with that tonight. And don't forget the website is IWantOneOfThose.com for the twinkling umbrellas. Anything that's got lights in around the festive season, we're big fans of, I have to tell you. Um, apparently the monkeys, apart from one, Dave... 
our uh, our American. Yes, but there you go. Uh, Alan and Clay Hall, thank you. And it was Tipex. It was Tipex. I thought it was, actually. I knew that Mike Nesmith's aunt or something like that developed it, which is good. OK, listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget to check the podcast. Tell your friends about LBC 97.3. After the news at 7, Nick Ferraris here with the award-winning breakfast show on 97.3. The Lexus IS SEI comes with some tough decisions.